RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are so glad that you are here once again to listen to this thing that we call a podcast. Excited about my guest this week with Evolution and the Women's Revolution uh, being such a big part of professional wrestling, sports entertainment right now. Uh, I've been wanting to get uh, my guest this week on. We've been, uh, she lives in England, so uh, it's been, uh, you know, time differences and and but we finally were able to work it out, and uh, I'm 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 excited to have SoCal Val on. Uh, I want to hear, uh, let her tell her story. Uh, one of the nicest, uh, sweetest, most positive people I've ever worked with, uh, and um, and yes, yeah, she has an interesting story to tell. And uh, she is the uh, one of the hosts uh, and commentators of World of Sports uh, relaunch in the UK. So uh, excited to to have her tell her stories, and we'll talk about her. Voyage, as I like to say in professional wrestling. So glad to have you here this week. Lots of uh, lots of stuff actually happened since the last time we talked. As I mentioned uh, last week, I was going to Tijuana, Mexico, and um, was able to uh, to thanks to Conan was able to be a guest at AAA in the Auditorio in Tijuana. Uh, if you follow me on fa- in on Twitter, sorry, uh, you saw I put up some pictures. Uh, of uh it's an interesting you know it's totally different environment uh uh you know tons of you know mass you know people set up on the street in front of the auditorio uh and they have you know hundreds of masks and uh so i took some pictures of that and uh and interesting uh just an interesting different sort of uh of wrestling uh uh dichotomy not to drop a big word but it was great to see Hooventude, and we're going to try to get Hoovy on as a guest. And great to see Conan. We've been working with Conan to try to get him on as well. Uh, he does a lot, uh, not including doing, uh, including doing his podcast every week. But we're going to work on getting him. Uh, great to see my old friend Psychosis, uh, now known as uh, Nicho El Millionero. And uh, uh, it was great to see El Hio de Fantasma. Uh, I pro- finally pronounced it right. Uh, every time that I pronounced it on TNA, on Impact, when I was back there, uh, I said Eho or Heho, and uh, Keith Mitchell in the truck uh, read me a new one. But now I just just rolls off the tongue now that I'm d- I'm doing the podcast. But uh, it was great to see him. Great to see Tahano, and I got as Jerry P. Tuck would say, big leagued by Laparca. I, actually, out of all the people, I was kind of most excited to see Laparca. I hadn't seen him. We weren't great friends, you know. We'd have a beer, you know. He'd come down to the bar, but uh, you know, uh, you know, I hadn't seen him in in a long time. I had seen the other guys around Indies and stuff like that, and 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 I hadn't seen him in a long time. So you know, wasn't you know wasn't uh, you know, such a huge deal. But I just thought, hey, it'd be fun to catch up with with uh, Adolfo uh, Laparca, and. Uh, so I went in, said hello to everybody, took a couple pictures with Hoovy and Psychosis, and Laparca was over there, and I said, hey, how you doing? And kind of shrugged off, and I said, you remember me right from WCW? And he said, yeah, and just walked the other way. Uh, so uh, as Jerry P. Tuck said, I got big leagued by Laparca. He is too big a star to give the time of day to little old me. 
he's still over like a million bucks though uh uh the character is still over and um uh one of these days he's gonna lose his mask because uh at some point he's gonna cash in and when he does everybody's gonna know why he was so hesitant to lose his mask in the first place i'll just leave it at that but no hard feelings uh you know didn't hurt my feelings i just spent the rest of the show out by sort of the gorilla position talking to conan and uh giving me a little insight into lucha libre and tijuana which is at one point he looked at me during the semi-main event and he has part of my friend she said you have no fucking idea what's going on right now do you and i'm like not really is there no dq is this a no dq match she's like they're kind of all no dq matches and i'm like uh okay but uh but it was an awesome experience, interesting experience in La Park. You could kiss my ass. Uh, that's all I have to say. So uh, not that I'm hot or anything. I really wasn't hot. I was sort of like more <laughs> kind of laughed about it. But uh, also got to see one of my favorite people uh, uh, this past week after SmackDown in uh, Tampa. Uh, got to see uh, Fit Finley and his lovely wife, Mel, and uh, two of my family's closest friends from the wrestling business and, and got to uh, have some cocktails with uh, Mr. Finley and his wife. And uh, whenever whenever uh, the Finleys and the Penzers get together, you can always count on three things uh, happening. Uh, there's a lot of alcohol consumed. Uh, there's a lot of fun to be had. And everybody's going to wake up the next morning slash afternoon not feeling so good. And uh, <laughs> all that happened. So... But uh, great to see Fit and um, uh, trying to get him on the podcast. Uh, he, he told me who to hook up with over at WWF, WWE. So uh, I'm going to reach out and see if we get Fit and maybe Arn Anderson and and maybe like Charlotte and some of the other uh, talent on sitting ringside. That would be awesome. And uh, so we'll be working on that ASAP. So good times all around other than La Parca. But uh, can't... Uh, can't let one person drag down the party. It was a fun week of catching up with old friends. So speaking of old friends, uh, she was my wingman, so to speak, in TNA during my first uh, five-year run uh, and um, really kept the crowd going. We're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, Dixie was Dixie Carter, God bless her, was obsessed with the fans making noise. And when I say making noise, I don't mean just making noise like when the wrestling fans are supposed to make noise, like a high spot or heat. Or She wanted them to – she would have been happy if they never stopped yelling, ever. I mean, like seriously, like if it was an eight-minute match, if they yelled for eight minutes, which I, I – God bless you, Dixie. I never really got that because if they're yelling for eight minutes, then what makes the times that they want to yell special? You know, she was the boss, and she wanted people to make noise. And uh, so thank God Val was out there uh, to to be the cheerleader, so to speak, along with the ring girl, because I'm not really a rah-rah, shish-boom-ba kind of guy. And at that age, is like, you know, uh, uh, you know, let's just say uh, Val probably uh, uh, gave me about two or three extra years in TNA with, with her getting the crowd up and uh, and JB as well. So uh, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, looking forward to finally bringing on somebody we've tried to get on for a while, and our schedules finally have met. So please welcome to City Ringside the lovely and talented uh, representing the Fight TV network and also the new hostess of World of Sports Wrestling out of England on ITV. Please welcome my friend, SoCalVal. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week on City Ringside, we are very happy. We've been trying to hook this up for a long time, and uh, due to schedule conflicts and time differences, uh, it's taken a little bit, but uh, happy to have her on. She is a reporter for Fight TV, and she is one of the hosts of the recently relaunched World of Wrestling on ITV. Did I get that right, SoCalVal? That's right. It's actually World of Sport, but we're kind of calling it WOS wrestling nowadays. So you know how it is, Pens, with all these different like letters and names. It's it's hard to keep up, isn't it? <laughs> World of Sports Wrestling. I yeah. That's on me. Yeah. So uh <laughs> so the the lovely and talented SoCal Val, so happy to have you. And uh so uh let's start at the top. Um I'm sure you know, I know you a little bit. We uh we we, we worked together in, in TNA when I was out there and uh, you were out there getting the crowd going and doing all your stuff. Um, so I, I know a little bit about your background, but for the fans that are that may not be familiar with SoCalVal and your background, uh, I'm assuming you were a, re- a huge wrestling fan growing up, correct? Uh, I was, but didn't really start watching until I was about maybe 10 or 11. Uh, I've got two older sisters and my mom, so there's no males in my family. Like usually you always hear from people that, oh, my, my dad was watching it or my brothers. It was just my sister that kind of was casually watching it. And I would kind of walk through the room and be like, I don't know, that's kind of not, I'm really girly. I thought that's not my thing. I'm not a sports athletics type of a person. But then I got really draw, uh, drawn into the uh, the storylines, really, or what caught my eye, people like Stephanie McMahon. So I just started watching and I became absolutely obsessed, hooked uh, from about 11 years old onward. And yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> it served me well all these years. I was going to ask you if it's a true, a true uh, it, it says on the internet, but just because it says on the internet doesn't mean it's always true. So I wanted to uh, to ask you, is it true that the SoCal Val character was based on Stephanie McMahon? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. She was my number one inspiration. I kind of, I, I think with a lot of wrestlers, they do the same thing where they, they have their favorites and they sort of make their character an amalgamation of all their favorites. So Stephanie was number one by far. I mean, just how she dressed, how she carried herself and had such poise and she was such a great heel character. She has a manager because that's what I wanted to do more than anything else was to be kind of a heel manager. And that's what I did primarily in wrestling before I got into the more hosting prevent presenting side. But yeah, it was, it was mo- mostly her. And then uh, with, with the names that I, I chose, I kind of got um, Stephanie McMahon in there for one. And then, you know, Elizabeth being in homage to Miss Elizabeth, my middle name. And then Wyndham was because I loved Missy Hyatt. She was kind of the original rich girl, spoiled brat character. And since she was Hyatt hotels, there's Wyndham hotels. So I kind of gave myself, this triple moniker of my three favorites, not to put that much thought into it, but I did. I was going to say, yeah. you really, you really got <laughs> you really put a lot of thought into that one. That's good. I did. Now, I have, did indeed. Well, you know, they gave me SoCal Val and then I thought, well, if I'm modeling and stuff, you know, I've got to use uh, Valerie Wyndham. I can't just be SoCal Val everywhere because people outside of wrestling don't even know what the heck that means. So I had to give myself, you know, a, a name that was, you know, different. So I, I wanted to get all my favorites in there. Oh, so Valerie Wyndham is not your real name. No, and it's funny because a lot of people um, felt they might Wikipedia, and no one uses my my real name really ever. But and I prefer Val and Valerie. But yeah, I, I kind of I kind of was given the Valerie name, and they wanted like a really fancy sounding name with the letter V. There was already Victoria. They said Vanessa, which I actually liked Vanessa and Valerie. I was kind of like, eh. And now it's grown on me, and it's stuck for like I'm in my seventeenth year now for crying out loud. But yeah, it's it's all uh, it's all a character, if you will. Ah, I, I really thought Valerie Wyndham was your real name. What a mark! <laughs> Every, everyone, yeah, what a everyone mark I am. Uh, 
What is your what yeah. is your name if you don't mind me asking her? Is that is that a secret? I don't use it. It's it's Paige. When you can Google it, if if you know if people really want to know, but nobody says it to me. So it just it, at this point it gets confusing. Like if there's fans around and there's people that work with me, people that have known me, guys like Frankie Kazarian come to mind. He might say, you know, he actually calls me Pagery sometimes, but he still says Val. They know my name is not Val, but they all say Val. It's just easier. It's what I'm used to. So yeah. So, did, so you, mysterious. did you ever meet, <laughs> did you ever meet Stephanie McMahon? I have met her a couple times. Um, I mean, super, super briefly. I think I shook her hand just once. And other times when I was backstage at WWE for extra work and things like that. It was really just seeing her from afar. Um, I've, I've been told by other people, like some fans have met her and they said that they liked me. And she said, oh, and she had nothing but nice things to say about me. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, but I can't say I know her that I really spent any time talking to her at all, really. Yeah, I've never met Vince. Or Stephanie, I've met, uh, hell, Triple H used to, I told the story, Triple H used to ride between my two kids in car seats when his car would break down in WCW. Uh, <laughs> but, but that was way before he was uh, he was uh, uh, the second in command or third in command in uh, the biggest uh, wrestling conglomerate in the history of mankind. Hey, um, yeah, it's question definitely. for you. Um, did you ever consider becoming a full-time wrestler? I know that you were... Uh, you know, like you said, a manager, you've gone on to become, I guess, a hostess and a commentator. Uh, ever, any, ever any thought uh, going back and saying, you know, hey, would have liked to have uh, become a wrestler? No, God, no. I mean, first of all, I bruise like peach. Secondly, that was never my intent with ever be a wrestler. I, I did some training and I remember like, you know, when I was really young, I was trying to kind of train myself, which I don't really ever recommend. And then I went to a school with some of the guys in Florida, um, the SCW guys and um, I, I did some training for a few weeks there and it was super hard, but I did it because I wanted to be a well-rounded manager that if I had to do an intergender tag or really kind of easy matches, like back in the day, I loved all those gimmicky diva matches, like evening gal matches, stuff like that, laundry matches. I loved that, still do. Uh, so that kind of stuff, always, I always thought that was cool and I wanted to be better at that, but I never, ever wanted to be like, you know, a Lita or a, you know, going forward now, like a Sasha Banks. I just, I knew that wasn't for me. I don't enjoy it. I'm not athletic and it's just not something I enjoyed ever or really aspired to be now. You're more of a Stacy Keebler or Tori Wilson, I guess. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you what, Tori, I, I loved more than anything. I've met her several times and once in a while she'll like my Instagram post and I'm still like that 11 year old girl, like, Oh my God, she's like my, she's like my Hulk Hogan. If you're a wrestler, you know, you look at people like Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan. Well, to me, Tori, um, Stacy too, but Tori especially was somebody that when I wanted to be in wrestling, I wanted to be like her. I wanted to do the modeling and the, the managing and to be kind of the, um, the diva, if you will. And, and I loved that she was one of those girls that, you know, she didn't, wasn't a serious wrestler and that was okay back then. I think it was nice. They had a mix of both. They don't really have both now, which I kind of think is a bit of a shame, but um, yeah, I loved her. I absolutely love Tori. She's one of my favorites. Tori is the one person that I've ever met. Maybe there might be others, but I'm, I can't think of them off the top of my head who every year that she gets older, she looks a year younger. It's absolutely I unbelievable. Know. It's absolutely it's incredible. I mean, she looks younger than she did when we were in WCW and, and, you know, I'm, I mean, drop dead gorgeous. And, and, and I, I don't know what she did. I saw her a couple years ago at the WWE hotel. We had a couple drinks and, um, and I said to her, I said, look, you know, I'm a happily married man. You wouldn't give me the time of day that way. <laughs> and, and that's cool. But I said, what the hell do you do? You look, I mean, fantastic. And she just said, you know, yeah. she just works out and stuff, but geez. Fantastic. Yeah, she does. And I love her Instagram. I love that she's now, you know, doing her coach Tory thing and helping people with nutrition and diet and, and exercise and, you know, working out. Because she's always been such a such a positive, uplifting kind of a gal, which I also loved about her. 
and her Instagram, it's, it's I highly recommend it if, if you're not already following her. She's so, so motivational on her Instagram. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, as are you. Uh, I, I, I forgot oh, to say you. that at the beginning. You you know, I always say that this is one cliche that's used too much in the wrestling business, but you are honestly one of the nicest people in the, uh, oh, in the wrestling business. Oh, thank you. So, uh, that I, means more than anything. <laughs> yeah. No, you really are. You're a sweetheart, and um, uh, you don't have to be because uh, you're very talented. <laughs> so uh, ha- um, how did you uh, end up getting into TNA? Uh, well, I was working for, you know, Southern California independent promotions in 2002. Right. Then I moved to Florida not long after. And I was working for, uh, Ron Nimi with IPW hardcore and Joe price at NWA Florida. I worked a bit with FIP, which is Sal, which I later ended up working with a lot who I love. He's great. Ron Nimi as well, but, um, Sal kind of continued doing FIP and then evolve and stuff to this day. But, um, there was an opportunity to go up to Nashville. Um, and it was four guys. It was Bruce Santee. Steve Madison, Cedric Strong, and Roderick Strong, who we're all very familiar with now, um, they all went up there and they said, you know, I'd been managing the Strong Brothers, Roderick and Cedric, for quite a while there. And we had a good thing going because we were, you know, we were all really young. Roderick's maybe a year or two older than me. Cedric's around the same age as well. And, um, you know, we had a good thing going with the three of us. And they thought, well, you know, I wonder if they'll let Val go. And they let me go up to Nashville. And my mom, God bless her, who still to this day is kind of like, you and your crazy wrestling, but she knows how much I love it. She and I drove up to Nashville. We drove like 10 or 11 hours from Orlando up to Nashville. And we, I got to be on Explosion, which is so funny because I was the only one eventually who got to work there. I mean, Roderick was there off and on. But um, we, we did a match there. They did a match, of course. I managed. Um, I wasn't even old enough. Remember, they gave us this thing because I had, was on pay-per-view. And they gave us this form to sign. Um, I remember talking to AJ really randomly about this when I met him, um, that they gave us this form and I kind of signed it knowing I'm under 18. I was 17 at the time. I think barely, barely 17. Um, actually, I think I might've only been 16 going on 17, actually. Wow. Oh, just like the song. How funny. Anyway, so I signed the form and I thought, ah, oh, they're never going to know who cares. And, <laughs> uh, we were on the one pay-per-view to be honest, the, the match did not go very well. There were just discrepancies in it. Like the guys just felt very off with it. And, you know, I, was just happy for the opportunity. And then uh, when they came to Orlando, I just did what I thought was the right thing to do, which is show up every show. I had a tape of my managing stuff. I, I, you know, I scrounged all of my clips of videos, clips together and brought a tape and a resume to every damn show, went to Universal every time they were there. And eventually I knew maybe Jerry Lynn and a couple people. I didn't really know that many people, but I got to meet some of the producers. And then, I mean, it's sort of a crazy long story, but um one of the producers had me be a PA, like a, a you know personal assistant backstage, just kind of helping on different video projects and things like that. He was like, listen, I know that you don't want to be behind the scenes, but this is your way to get seen in the company. And I'm sure they'll give you a bigger role, which thank goodness he did that. Um, and then eventually JB um, was the one to say, hey, you know, we'd love to have you do ring girl stuff. And I did that. I think the first time I did it was like late 2004. And that just kind of snowballed into doing lots of ring girl stuff. And eventually, way eventually, they had me do a storyline with Jay Lethal and Sanjay, and then it became more of a, a host kind of a role and announcer. So, yeah, it was, I was there for nine years. So it was a, I literally grew up in that company. Yeah, and you were a rock star. You know, people just think of you as a ring girl, but I, I t- take it from somebody who had the pressure on them to get to keep the crowd going. And you were like my rock star, man. You were you were out there doing your cheerleader stuff, and thank God you did. You probably probably got a couple extra years of working there. Because, uh, you you know, you kept the crowd involved and it made me look good and you look good and everybody looked good. So as long as Dixie was happy, that's all that mattered. 
So I was talking to my parents the other day, telling them about Ting Mobile, the best mobile you've never heard of and they've never heard of. Ting Mobile does phone service differently. You only pay for what you use. No startup fees, no contracts, no plans. And it's perfect if you spend most of your time around Wi-Fi, like my parents. Why pay for data you don't use? The average Ting bill is just $23 per phone per month. Nationwide LTE coverage means you'll have great network coverage from coast to coast, and almost any phone will work with Ting from that ancient Motorola Razor sitting in your basement to the latest Galaxy S9 or iPhone 10. My favorite part, reliable customer service. You get to talk to an actual human being when calling no machines. When do you ever see that anymore? So don't wait. Get $25 off your bill or $25 off a brand new phone in the Ting shop at ringside.ting.com. That's ringside.ting.com. You mentioned the storyline with Jay Lethal and Sanjay. Um, I actually recently went back when to prepare for this interview and watch some of the vignettes. And, and they're actually funny. They hold up, you know, with, with Sanjay always around and, you know, he's <laughs> scuba diving in the hot tub when Jay's trying to woo you. It was funny. Um, yeah. Did growing up such a big fan of Miss Elizabeth, uh, did you did you realize at the time that you were actually playing the role of Miss Elizabeth in this whole story? Yeah, 1000%. And, you know, I, I, n- I never want to BS anybody and say like, oh, I grew up being a fan of Miss Elizabeth. To be honest, you know, having having started watching in like 98, 99, like I had to go back and watch so much stuff. And, you know, obviously I wasn't around for the, the, the 80s. I actually worked with Macho Man, weirdly enough. I worked with him. He had a Macho Man.com tapings in Tampa. And I was one of the girls who uh, was a manager. And he, he basically was, was really ahead of his time in the sense that he was trying to film matches and then put those matches on the internet for people to watch. And it was just way before anyone's time, which I will give him the credit for that. It was pretty cool that he thought to do that. Um, but that was kind of short-lived. It was Steve Kern that was involved with a lot of that as well. And um, Macho Man was also, uh, Mr. Savage really, was also at some of our shows in, in Florida Independent Promotions. And he was so great. And there's a funny story. We were sitting in catering and I was always, you know, super young. I mean, almost shockingly young to some of those guys that had come out, you know, to do these shows. Um, and he said to me, he goes, you know, we were sitting in Kate. I'll never forget because he said, you know, Val, somebody told me you were you were 15. I said, no, 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 sir. I'm I'm 17. I think I'm 17 or 18 at the time. I think I'm 17. And he goes, well, that's not what I heard. I said, no, sir, I'm definitely 17. And he goes, oh, my goodness, you're so young. And he was he's so sweet. And he said, you're so young. I've been doing WrestleManias before you were born. I said, oh, that's not true. And he said, well, the first mania was in 84. And I said, OK, yeah, I was born in 86. So <laughs> you're right. You win this round. So it was funny. But. Um, but yeah, I, I, lo- I looked back and I loved that Miss Elizabeth was just sort of the epitome of what I wanted to be, which was not an actual serious wrestler, but someone who brought glamour and femininity into wrestling in their own way. I, I love the damsel in distress storyline. I thought it was great. And I love that TNA, like you mentioned, that Sanjay promo in the hot tub, which those two are so funny. I still consider them really good friends. Um, but they, TNA let us do, you know, a lot of comedy with it, which was really great. And a lot of that was just sort of improv. The guys are hilarious. They're really quick witted. And it was just us goofing off. So the three of us had so much fun with that. Absolutely. So I went back and, like I told you, I looked at the vignettes and I watched the wedding, uh, quote-unquote wedding. And and I, I I had forgotten that Coco and George Steele and Jake Roberts and Kamala were all there. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I get why they were there because he was supposed to be Macho Man and those were uh, the WWE characters. I couldn't remember for the life of me, other than maybe, and I don't know if you remember either, other than maybe because uh, – because Dixie was a huge uh, uh, American Idol fan, but do we know? Do do we remember why Ace Young was there? 
I don't know. And I, I remember <laughs> we filmed, a there's a music video for him and he's so nice. I actually weirdly like ran into him years later and he's so cool. Such a nice guy. Um, but the music video we did was like really scandalous for us all at the time, which was very sexy. And like, I'm in like lingerie, like with Jay Lethal. And it was hilarious, but like, he was so nice. But it was one of those weird things. Dixie did that a lot where she kind of had like, you know, kind of more mainstream. I guess WWE does it as well. She had like mainstream people come in once in a while to do a bit of a crossover. Like we had, um, I forget what their name is. It Big and Rich, one of the country acts that right. listen to country music. We had a bunch of people just come in randomly and it was like, I'm not sure how they fit in here, but you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Random. Yeah, I couldn't remember what that was. Actually, you said that Ace is a nice guy. I, I got to talking to him in the bar afterwards, one of those shows, and we exchanged uh uh, phone numbers. I don't have any more because I I'd broken my phone a while back and lost all my numbers. Twenty years of phone numbers, Val. I lost. I had to oh, try no. to reboot. But um, but when he was in uh, not to bore you, but he was in uh, Hair on Broadway. Uh, yeah. And I am the biggest Hair fan. I know every word to every song to Hair. Seriously, I mean, random thing that nobody would know. Nobody would give a shit. But I am the biggest hair fan. I like know every word to every song I've been to. And like, yeah, on my honeymoon, I dragged my wife in Knoxville to a to like a a, a, a you know community uh, presentation of hair with like thirty people in the audience. Uh, I just read it was oh, there. Wow. Like, we got to go. So he got me front row uh, at, 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 when he was in hair, and then. Uh, we went backstage and met the cast and met Diane, who was who ended up being his wife. So it was actually yeah. it was cool that it was it was a good thing they ended up bringing him. I just couldn't remember what the hell he was doing there. Yeah, it was random, but that, that I think that is so cool, and it just goes to show you what a nice guy is. It's funny because he was a big deal when he was at TNA, but then you know just kind of like not following him closely. But looking at social media, once in a while he'll pop up, and it was like I heard he got married to the other um, American Idol girl, Diana. I think Guillermo or something like that. Degarma, yeah. Um, Degarma, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, not only that, but they were, you know, such a power couple. And they also just were doing bigger, bigger things with Broadway. And it's it's cool to see someone really nice have that sort of success. And and a nice tie-in for you there that you're a hair fan. Yeah, it was. Little known fact. Yeah, you're yeah. Full of surprises. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they announced, you know, they do these uh, live uh, show. They just did Jesus Christ Superstar. And they've done, like, The Wiz mm -hmm. on network television. And they just announced next year they're doing hair. And seriously, I'll, I will DVR that and probably... <laughs> at least at, for the first six months, I'll probably on a Friday or Saturday night, I'll get a good buzz and watch it at two o'clock in the morning, like well, at least once a week. Jerry Pizuk, my executive producer, is saying your he's going to take my man card here in a minute. It's killing all my credibility. But <laughs> hey, but, uh, good shows are good shows, you know. I, uh, yeah, I'm just a big fan. But um, so at some point, uh, you started doing interviews. If I remember correctly, Mike Weber was the one who got you involved with that. Uh, tell me yep. a little bit that, and how was that experience? Well, the more and more I did it, I mean, I always knew that, that I'd probably be on that side of things, and that was kind of what, what made most the most sense to me. I thought that creatively, I, I contributed a lot better creatively and like in, a, in a, a host sense rather than a wrestler. And, I mean, thank God. I mean, as, as fun as it was to be ringside for a lot of these matches, I was ring girl for way too damn long. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, I've got to, you know, I, and I'm the kind of person I'm, I'm happy to do things with the company. They need me to do it. Cause I remember after the storyline of Jay Lethal and, and Sanjay, I always tell the story of Terry Taylor, who I absolutely love. He said to me, you're, you know, you're, the, you're the, the one, you're the one. Yes. I love Terry Taylor. <laughs> he said to me, it was like, you know, the, the company, the company, um, you know, they, they would really need you to do this ring girl thing again. We know it's a bit of a step back or will you do it? And I don't usually, you know, I'm not usually so blunt. I would normally just be like, oh, of course, whatever. But I remember staying, sticking up for myself and being like, yes, I appreciate you saying that because it is a big step backwards. But if that's what the company needs me to do, I'll do it. And I remember getting a little bit, 
you know, a little bit jaded and kind of frustrated being back doing that for a while. And then Mike Weber, God bless him, gave me the opportunities. And, and when he saw that I was good at doing it, he kept, you know, the opportunities kept getting bigger and bigger. And he was somebody that always pushed me to do more on my own. Like, you know, okay, well, Val, I'm going to need you to edit this video. And, you know, I need you to take it a step further. He always says, take it a step further. And with that, I learned video editing skills and writing my own scripts every single week doing the impact wrestling review for our, you know, um, out of the U.S. kind of markets and things like that. And I just all, all the skills that I learned were from doing that. And I think it's really cool that I'm still working alongside uh, Mike Weber at Fight TV because there are certain people. Yes, of course, you know, you're your biggest advocate and, you know, you're, you're the one who needs to go out there and hustle. But there will be people in in whatever business you're in that actually believe in you. And you need those people to give you those chances. And Mike is not my number one supporter like that. So he's been really cool to help me learn and and become kind of the presenter that I am today. Like we were t- talking about world of sport um, just recently. And he was just like, so proud. And I said, well, Mike, you know, this is something that all those years working in TNA and working alongside you and fight TV and going to arm wrestling and doing, you know, um, bull riding and different random things that I hosted for fight. All of this has led me to have the skills and the skill set that I needed to be on a show like this on a major network. So I'm so grateful to him. And I think it's, it's something to be said that, you know, there will be people like that in your life that need to support you. And I'm grateful to have that. Yeah, he's a great guy. For those who don't know, uh, he's been around the wrestling business and the sports entertainment business. Uh, God, I think he goes back to WWF before WCW. I got to know him in WCW, but uh, he's the vice president or maybe the president now of Fight TV, but uh, he's he's been in every major promotion there is. And, uh, yeah, he uh, yeah. he gave you your opportunity for sure, and he's a, he's a good guy. God bless him. Yeah. At some point after I left, I think you were ring announcing for a little while. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I pretty much started to do house shows. So live events, as as it were, they want us to call it live events. Um, and those were so fun. And, and I obviously, the other, the other person I learned so much from is JB. And th- what live events will teach you, and as you know, like, it's one thing to be on TV and have them go, okay, and you're an, you're an earpiece and, you know, you kind of say your lines, whatever. The house shows, I remember, for example, you know, just, just knowing how to speak off the cuff and, ha- and having to vamp, as I call it, you know, whether it's in between the matches or, you know, for example, one time that the ring broke and I, we were just had nothing to talk about for about an hour. And, you know, we decided to do merchandise things. It's actually, it's weird because that happened to me on a show here um, earlier in the year. And I thought this is so funny because I at least have the experience of knowing what this is like when everyone else is freaking out that the ring is broken. And it's my job to take everyone's mind off it and distract them and just say silly things on the mic and keep everyone's attention and hold their attention. Um, and how shows will do that to you in terms of like being able to improv. So I, I learned probably more than anything doing those ones that were not televised. Did you ever ring announce for on television? Um, I didn't. I mean, they always use Christy for that, but I did do one uh, UK tour, which is pretty much the reason that I did it. First of all, I love Christy Hemi to death. So um, she, you know, was unable to do this show in the UK, a tour in the UK. So number one, to help her out. And of course, you know, I'd be happy to do it. Number two, I have family in the UK, which now I live here. But at the time I thought, oh, wow, how exciting to go back to the UK. And number three, I thought, well, wow, this is really nice because I'll get some TV time. And, you know, I, I, as much ring announcing as I did there, I think I did maybe one or two pay-per-views ever where I don't know, even know why I, I got to do that. Never usually let me be on TV. But um, they finally let me do it for the UK tour. And I thought, OK, great. So to announce it like Wembley Arena was a huge one. We did Wembley, Scotland, uh, Glasgow, I think, and Manchester. And those three shows were such you know high profile shows. Those were the ones that I remember the most in terms of being on TV and, and televised. So that was, that was really cool. Yeah. England was always, the overseas stuff was always fun for me. Uh, no matter what promotion, because the fans are always psyched to, 
not that the fans in the U.S. aren't, but they sometimes they take it a little bit for granted, you know, when you're at the impact zone yeah. every, every other week. And uh, and, and they're, they're super stoked to, to see you overseas. So those are always fun, and, and working those big arenas is always a, a rush. Um, we mentioned Dixie Carter. Uh, uh, any other thoughts on Dixie uh, as far as uh, working with her? No, I mean, it was, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's such a controversial thing. People always talk about, I find it so weird when, you know, I'm sure you deal with it all the time where fans will say, oh, well, Dixie wasn't, it was because of Dixie that this happened or it was because of Hogan because of this happened. You know, it, we're never in the, in the meetings like that to, to know who's making what call. Um, I'm sure that a lot of mistakes were made just like any company. There were a lot of mistakes made, but to say that, you know, she was at fault. I hear that. Like, you, you never really know. Um, to me, you know, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan, because when they were there, they were the most professional. They, you know, literally pulled me aside and said, you know, you're doing a really good job. I see how hard you're working. Um, I, I think that, you know, with, with Dixie, I didn't ever have that many interactions with her other than just sort of, you know, the ring girl stuff. I will say that she, she definitely, because like you mentioned, she loved that I was a ring girl and I was, I was almost in a weird way. And I hope this doesn't sound silly, but I was almost too good at my job as ring girl because I got other opportunities in the company. And I remember there were a few things where I was sort of pulled away from ringside and somebody said, oh, well, you're not doing those interviews anymore. Dixie wants you back at ringside. And that was disheartening for me, which I never really got to confront her about. Not that it, was, it would be a confrontation. But it was one of those things where I just wanted to progress in the company and to be a ring girl for as long as I was, was kind of felt stifled. And um, again, it's, it's sort of, you know, Jimmy Hart once said to me, if you're, if you're this good at your job, Val, they're, they're going to keep you here forever. And I never, I'll always remember what he said because they did keep me doing Ring Girl for a really long time. I wish he would have let me branch out more. Um, but I mean, running a big company like that, she might have just kind of gone unnoticed. But that's really the only thing I have to, that I remember, you know, being a little stifled here and there about. But as far as a person and how she treated everybody, I have nothing but good memories of that. She wanted that cheerleader, I'm telling you. She uh, did, yeah. She wanted that cheerleader and you were so good at it. And the crowd knew you. <laughs> Most of the crowd knew you, the regulars and stuff. So they would help you. You know, they would help you out because you lived in uh, locally. So you'd see different yep. regulars, and so you know you would start the cheers, and then they would get them in, and then the 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 non fans who were there just to see a TV taping at a theme park would follow their lead. And I could, I I, I absolutely a thousand percent could see Dixie sitting in a meeting and somebody saying, "Well, Val's not going to be the ring girl tonight because she's doing backstage interviews," and Dixie's saying. No, she's not. She's going to be out there. Keeping I was the crowd literally up. told that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, and, and honestly, it's 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 interesting because if you look back at it and I was always so young and I was always everyone's kind of little sister and that and I grew up in the company, whatever. And if you look at it like that, it, it makes sense. You know, I think that some people take you for granted and kind of underestimate you. But in my mind, in the way that I was viewing my career, I kind of thought, OK, this is fine for a few years, but it's real cute when you're 18 and you're starting your first day in the company at like 26 years old. You know, it's kind of like, all right, or whatever it was, 25, 26. It's kind of like, I, I can't, you know, I'm not progressing. I'm, I remember when I was when I was getting towards the end of, of, of leaving, I remember I said to Chris Tammy, I was like, if, I, if I'm not going forward, I don't believe in standing still. I feel like I'm going backwards. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah. So and, and being there for as many years as I was, it was, it was time to kind of to kind of part ways. And, and again, with all, with all amicable splitting, it was totally fine. But it was just one of those things that, you know, you know when something's done when, you're not really being that appreciated and they're not letting you progress period. That was really my only gripe there at and, all. And I don't think that Dixie meant it in a negative way when she said, no, no she's I not. Either. She's, I think it was more of a compliment to you. I think it was, Agreed. it was more yep. like, you know, no, I need her out here, you know, even though out there is not where you wanted to be and to, you know, to, to keep your career going, like you said. So right. talk about leaving. Did, 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 uh, you said it was amicable. I was, it was reported at the time that they, um, 
that they let you go. Is that true? It's it's true and not. And this is the funny thing. Like, and I always kind of wonder, like, maybe I should have spoke up more of this and that. I'm I'm always kind of not a people pleaser, but I'm always nice. I don't want to like, you know, be the person who's like, I'm unhappy and whatever. I did almost leave or I considered leaving, you know, only a few people knew that, that I was kind of just really stifled. But I kind of I, around after the Jay Lethal storyline and Sanjay storyline, uh, when they were having me back doing Ring Girl, I went, like when it was still going on like months and months later, I was like, this is getting weird and I want to try something else. But then again, thank you to Mike Weber, I started progressing and doing other things and learning new skills. But when it was time to go, I mean, I my contract was up probably around like two or three months before this was all happening. Everyone's starting to get let to, uh, starting to be released or fired or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I thought to myself, there was a particular taping I wanted to maybe talk to Dixie and just say, listen, I don't want to just quit, but my contract's coming up. It doesn't have to be renewed. Let's just kind of agree not to renew it. And when that was happening, um, <laughs> it, then I, I noticed everyone was getting fired. And and I don't know if, I, I don't like saying fired. People were, people were leaving the company. And when Mike Weber was let go from the company, I remember thinking, okay, well, there's my support system. And that's who was letting me do all this great stuff. Right. Otherwise, I'm back to ring girl, crying out loud. And when he was let go, I just thought, okay, things are getting really bad around here. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. So then when that taping happened where I was going to say something, I didn't. And then it was a thing where they, uh, it was so strange. They like released me, then renewed me. Then then they called and said, do you want to come back? And, you know, probably on, on a smaller scale, that's kind of, you know, the company was not doing as well. Everyone knows that. And I said, I would think about it. And then I just never did. So they were so cool to, you know, kind of offer me to come back, um, you know, and, and do kind of a smaller deal. And I just knew that it was just the time to keep moving forward. And it's funny because then I started to kind of go to WWE and do extra work and this and that. And that was kind of when they had quite a stigma about TNA people, whether they want to admit that or not, everyone knows that was what was going on. And <laughs> there's some weird experiences there. And uh, yeah, and I mean, nothing horrible, but just, you know, they were just very, didn't want to admit that they had a stigma about people being on impact that weren't WWE. Oh, if WWE didn't make you, then, you know, that was kind of the issue. And then it's so funny because I remember getting frustrated. Like, I don't get, you know, what the deal is here. I can't help that I was a person on TNA that I, you know, I'm very proud of, of being in wrestling since I was 16. Like, I think that's an, an, an attribute. And they kind of saw it as a, oh, well, we can't, you know, we'll have to repackage. It's just weird. So then, I mean, thank goodness that that never happened because the more and more I, I, I look back, I think, wow, I would have never moved to England. I would have never gotten to meet my husband and, you know, live happily in England, happily ever after, and then now still be in wrestling, which I'm almost as shocked as anybody. Because moving here, I thought, I'll do some wrestling shows, and that's great. But I tried to branch out and do more presenting, and I still do that. But what's funny is the biggest thing that's come my way has been WOS. And it's like wrestling has just pulled me back in, and I'm, I'm thrilled to say that I'm happy to do it. But it is kind of surprising, <laughs> really. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself as far as questions, but uh, I do have to say that you chose to move to the UK at a perfect time when wrestling right. uh, had a, a, a sort of a second explosion. And so uh, it, sort of, it sort of happened at the right time. Uh, hey, I didn't even realize you had a contract. That's it. You should feel good about that. I never even had a contract anywhere I went. That's so weird. No, no I didn't have a contract in WCW. I was an employee. I didn't have a contract in uh, XWF, I was an employee, didn't have a contract in TNA. I just showed up and they paid me a fee every every time I it was good. It was it was good money, but yeah, I yeah. didn't realize I didn't realize you have a contract. Uh, you had a contract. I'm kind of hot now yeah. actually. No, I had, no. I had several and it's funny because like those were always like weird times. I always hated that part of it like discussing money and this and that. But um yeah, I I I had quite a few. I mean, if I was there that long, yeah. 
because I mean, I, fir- I first signed it. I think I was 18. I remember Jeff Jarrett signing off on it, which is so funny to think of because I just hosted a panel with him in it, uh, here at Comic-Con in London. It was so funny that just to, just to see him after all these years and stuff, it's just funny to look back. But yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, coming over here when the British wrestling scene was booming, it's just so ironic and funny and lucky that when I came here, you know, I was doing some independent shows. I've been visiting um, the UK for like seven or eight years off and on because my sister lives in London. And then I was doing shows when I could, you know, I'd do like a Comic-Con signing or I'd do, you know, I'd go ring announce for a show or two and I started to meet people. And then now a lot of people are still my friends, but now living here and, and it's like at this, it's peak, it's just really, really cool. And I feel lucky because like the little wrestling fan in me that's still there, you know, little 11 year old Val is like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Yeah. And now it's a whole new group of people. It's kind of like, it's like a resurgence. Yeah. A little bit for me too, just not in England, but, uh, uh, interesting story. I don't know. I don't think I ever told you this story. I was, um, I was in Toronto doing a Hulk Hogan uncensored show with Eric and Hulk. And I was the host and, um, and me and, uh, Eric were down in the bar after the show, having a few drinks. And I think he actually bought me food. That was the only time that ever happened. And, um, oh. and, and, and I was looking online on the, 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 the phone and I said, Eric, I said, you know, we start talking about TNA and he's like, well, I really can't say a lot. We're in litigation. Blah, blah. I'm like, I'm just reading that they just got rid of SoCal Val. I'm like, how de- how desperate of to get to cut money do you have to be to get right. rid of SoCal Val? She can't be <laughs> making Sting money, you know, or AJ money or whatever. Sure. And you do forty two thousand things behind the scenes for them. Uh, oh, and you. and 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 Eric looked at me and said, "You're exactly right." And he put out a tweet. That was before I was on Twitter. He put on a tweet yeah. put, putting you over. And I was sitting right there at the bar, at the bar next to him. And he was oh, like, "Oh my god, I didn't know that." Yeah, yeah. He put out a tweet supporting you, and and and, and he was like, "I think that's what the first time Eric ever said I was right about anything." But that's a whole other oh, story. Oh, oh my god, I absolutely <laughs> love that story. And I'll tell you what, that tweet completely made me cry because I have always loved and looked up to Eric Bischoff. And again, it's, it's like I mentioned earlier, like I've never people, it just absolutely infuriates me. People say, oh, well, Hogan and Bischoff will go for TNA. I'm like, listen, these guys were the most professional, the way they treated everybody from the crew to, I mean, everybody just amazing. And I'll never forget Eric Bischoff pulled me aside. We well, said one time, cause I, I kept changing outfits cause I was always doing my impact wrestling review. I had this little area backstage and Mike Weber and I ran, he called it Weber world, which I, you know, promptly changed to California. Anyway, <laughs> I was always uh, changing outfits. And Bischoff once said to me, he's like, Val, he goes, either you just really like changing outfits or we don't pay you enough because you are always just running around, changing outfits, working your butt off. And I said, oh my God, thank you so much. And then I remember again, very vividly at a show, he literally pulled me aside and said, Val, I need to tell you something. He always would say to me too, like just flippantly throughout the day, you're always smiling. You're always so positive. I love your energy. I love your attitude. And that meant a lot. That's very motivating coming from Eric Bischoff, of all people. And he pulled me aside and he said, um, I'm not sure if you've ever been told this or how appreciated you are around here. And I'm still new, but let me tell you something. I see how hard you work and I want you to know that it doesn't go unnoticed. And I really appreciate you. And I was like, uh, I'm sure I probably cried like later to myself. It was the coolest thing. And, you know, without sounding rude to anyone else that was there, that wasn't something I heard a lot. And like you, which I so appreciate you saying, I did a lot of behind the scenes. I think the fans that watched casually, um, you know, they would say things like, well, what, you know, what Val doesn't do anything. What does she do? And if you were there, it was like, I was always the first one there. I worked my ass off. I did anything they wanted me to do, you know, just anything, social media, always doing the online stuff. And it was just never really on the TV show, which was, you know, again, infuriating after a while. But to have him say that and have him like, you know, give me that memory. I look back and I think, wow, that was just, he's just a classy dude. He really is. And yeah. I love that he, that that tweet was just oh my god so so touching and not and not to kiss your ass but but I'm being honest that was about the time I I thought to myself 
uh, things must be pretty bad over there if if if, if, oh. they're, if they're cutting SoCal Val. But you know, uh, oh. just because and like Eric said, you're always so positive. Uh, you never know. You know, everybody has bad days, and uh, sure, you, know, you you'd never know if you were having one. It was always just bubbly and. Uh, yeah. And it's great to be around that environment, especially in the wrestling business where it could be so negative. Happy to announce that we have a brand new sponsor here on City Ringside, Vivid Seats. And with SummerSlam and All In both less than a month away, if you want to be in Brooklyn to see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns or AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe or Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey, I almost forgot that. Or if you want to go to Chicago to see All In and see Cody against Nick Aldis for the NWA Championship and so much more, the best way to do it is through Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats offer great prices for all wrestling events from WWE pay-per-view, SmackDown, and Raw to indie shows like All In. For a limited time, Vivid Seats is giving City Ringside listeners 10% off your first ticket order. I am so excited to be able to help you save money to go see a wrestling event. All you need to do is enter the promo code RINGSIDE at checkout. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app like I have. In addition to professional wrestling tickets, Vivid Seats can help you get to the concert, game, or show of your choice. Hair anyone? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for hair. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime, and all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. We know we all enjoy watching wrestling on television, but nothing beats being there live and in person. I was just in Tijuana at AAA, as we talked about, and had a blast ringside at the matches. So go to Vivid Seats, use our exclusive promo code RINGSIDE to receive 10% off your first order. The offer is good through the end of August. First-time customers only. Let me help you get discounted tickets to your favorite wrestling events. Go to VividSeats.com. You mentioned Jeremy Borash. How shocked were you when he went to WWE? Because I was floored. <laughs> um, it's funny because I saw him like not, I think I probably texted him or something when he did it. I'm not that, I mean, by that point, it had been like AJ, Joe, Bobby, EY. It was all of us. I saw AJ at a show here and he's like, Val, I have to use the accent when I talk like AJ. He's like, Val, look around. It's our locker room. We're here. And I'm like, it's the weirdest thing in the world, AJ. It's so damn weird. But by that point, I was, I was just not as shocked because it was, you know, all of the crew, our crew. But it, it was just weird because he's one of those guys, like, you, you know what I'm talking about, like him and Abyss that were just synonymous with TNA. Um, so it was it was really weird. I don't know if I was so shocked. I just thought, this is just, what the hell planet are we on? Just weird. And then I saw him in, in New Orleans like two or three times. And the first time I ran into him, he had like a WWE logo jacket and WWE shirt. And I was like, this is just surreal and so <laughs> weird. I mean, it's great. They were never the enemy or anything like that. I mean, I, I've always been the biggest WWE fan ever. But... It was just so strange. I mean, if you worked for Pepsi your whole life and then all of a sudden someone's wearing a Coke logo, it's very surreal. Yeah, I figured he was going into the TNA Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, they never ended up doing <laughs> it that last year, but uh, uh, I went back yeah. briefly. I don't know if you know that when Jeff came back and Scott Demore and uh, I thought I thought for sure who else to go to the Hall of Fame but JB and uh uh, yeah, and he, he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from from day one and. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was floored when I heard about that. So, uh, you know, you, it's funny. I, I, just as an aside, you mentioned how for years, you know, nobody from TNA was uh, was was brought into WWE. And then you turn on SmackDown last week and you see that one of the top matches for uh, 
for for SummerSlam, one of the you know four major pay per views is AJ versus Samoa Joe for the world the real yeah. world title, not the Universal BS, the real world title. And it's like who would have, I, I even I couldn't have predicted that one. I mean, not that they're not deserving, oh not that they're not deserving. They're 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 so deserving, but I just never would have predicted that in a million years. So it's just funny how the no, and the, it's. It's so weird, and, and it's, I, I saw that match as well, and I really, you know, it comes on so late here at night. I haven't, I haven't caught up with it really at all, to be, to be fair. The last thing I saw was WrestleMania because I was there hosting parties and stuff, and we were, they were nice enough to let us go to the show and stuff. But, um, but yeah, the, the Joe versus AJ thing I just think is like, again, what planet are we on? I mean, it's, it's, it's weird, but it's so damn cool. It, it is, they are so deserving. Once they got Bobby Roode, I was like, now we're talking. Because talk about deserving. I've always thought he was probably the best technical wrestler and the best all-around, the total package wrestler we ever had. And when they got him, I was like, okay, now they're on to something. Like, now there's no joking around. They are going after people that are just good because they're good, despite where they're from, why they've made a name for themselves outside of it. They're letting people use their own names. Because, you know, a lot of times they'd have people go over there and, like, they change their names, something ridiculous. And the fact that he's there and he's being Bobby Roode, and AJ's there and he's being AJ. I mean, that's just, that's what I hoped for all of these guys for years, especially those guys. And I'm just, I couldn't even tell you how thrilled I am. I mean, I, AJ, you know, was, I was actually at the rumble that he debuted at and I cried my eyes out. Of course I texted him and I was like, I wasn't crying. He's like, yeah, you were. And, uh, you know, and I, I still do. I still get, I still tear up and just go, oh my God, I know what these guys have been through. I know the families, what their families have been through in terms of, you know, the company being up and down this and that. And it's just so damn thrilling. And to say I'm proud of all of them is just an understatement. I could literally get choked up right now, but I won't. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You just never know what 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 life brings you. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you're okay talking about this. You always have been in the past. Tell me about Playboy, if that's okay. In 2006. Oh yeah. In 2006, you were very very open to doing it. At the time, I remember talking to you about it. Um, yeah. And it never happened. Correct. Yeah, and um, that that's possibly another Dixie question. Um, just because I've I've been honest about it, like I don't you know I don't want to cause controversy but but the, the the basic facts are this that tracy brooks did her celebrity pictorial and i of oh, course one of my great friends i've loved tracy for years and you know we still keep keep up now and then she did one and then i thought okay well you know we had the same agent at the time and i say agent it wasn't like we you know exclusive it was just a guy we were you know using as an agent for la bookings and things like that nice guy steve wolf and you know she i i, I contacted him about it and we i said you know i'd be interested in doing it and if it was just like hers, you know, it had to be, you know, through the wrestling thing. And basically all that we did was we got the deal together. It was a great deal. And they said, we just want, they, all they wanted was for TNA to promote it. That's all. And to me on the grand, in the grand scheme of things, Playboy is this global, huge, historic, nostalgic, classy brand, which is why I wanted to be involved in the first place. I love Playboy and what they stand for. I think they're great. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's for hustler or something for God's sakes. It's Playboy, <laughs> you know? So just saying, sorry, hustler, but that's the truth. Anyway, so um, I, I wanted to be part of that that great nostalgic brand, and I, I was a big fan of the Girls Next Door TV show and all that. And when the when it was presented to Dixie, I was told that Dixie was the one that did not want it to happen, and I don't know why she didn't want TNA to promote Playboy or vice versa. Um, but that was that was something that the office, which I I know included her, said no to. So basically, Playboy was all for it, I was all for it, and TNA was was put the old kibosh on it. I don't understand what the hell their reasoning was for that but yeah it was uh that was a shame because i thought if i'm ever going to do playboy and have it wrestling related this is the time to do it and oh uh, well i don't even know i don't even think they do pictorials anymore in playboy do they 
Well, that, that was the thing, too, is that I think that um, TNA was kind of annoyed that they weren't going to put the pictures in the actual magazine. I mean, they went, like like where they did with Tracy is they put it all online. They put like maybe one or two in the magazine, but it wasn't like a whole cover or, you know, um, you know, editorial in the magazine. But they didn't do that anymore. First of all, it was very antiquated. The, the actual magazine wasn't as big of a deal. It's all online nowadays. Who, read, who reads magazines? Exactly. So um, I think they had a problem with that as well, but it was just to have that sort of a myopic view on on how we were being featured. You know, I wasn't even one of the biggest girls in TNA. I never was, but especially then. So to have, you know, just to have the excuse of, of the Playboy name even involved with TNA would have been a really smart deal. I don't know what what they were thinking. No idea. So I don't either, quite frankly. Um, so question, if, uh, you know, we talk about how anything could happen in life. If Playboy came to you tomorrow and said, we're doing a feature on World of Sports and we want to do a shoot with you, would you do it? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I'm actually really upset that Hugh Hefner, I never got some Hugh Hefner. I think he was a great guy. And I love, you know, looking back at the history of Playboy. I say yes, but then again, um, the only thing that I would be concerned with is I love doing lingerie modeling, bikini modeling. You know, WS has known that I've done that. I've always done it in a classy way. I've never done nude before. Um, I would have to make sure that it was right with with WS because we do have more of a family audience. So personally, yes, I, w- I would still say yes to Playboy, um, but I, w- I definitely would want to get their, um, their thoughts on it just because, you know, we are kind of more of a family show. So, uh, I mean, but if they were into it and Playboy was into it, then yeah, for sure. Okay. Got the answer to that question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the uh, women's revolution and the uh, the evolution pay-per-view that they just announced, all women's pay-per-view. What are your, your – th- you've seen a lot in your, your – you know, you say you, – you talk about, you know, being young, but you've been – you're a veteran of this business, and you've seen a lot, you know, the knockouts and, and, and the stuff that they did under Dutch for a while and uh, the sort of bringing them back now on Impact. I was watching a little bit of it last night with uh, Tessa and, and, and some of the other girls. And um and now WWE really uh you know uh turning on the the you know making it a, a an equal branch. So what are your thoughts on that? And uh, and and you know is something you know would you ever would would you if WWE called you tomorrow and said uh, we want you to come in and 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 host the uh, the you know May Young tournament or the women's pay per view? They might have asked you, but uh, what what would you say to that? Um, you know, everyone kind of always says, oh, you're going to go back to Impact or to be. The thing is, I live in England for crying out loud. I keep yeah. telling a lot of people don't even realize that. Like I get tweeted all the time and I'm like, <laughs> I live in England. Who's going to pay for those damn flights? But, but that, that they, aside, they, would, I mean, they just, wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't <laughs> fly. Not, not about because it's about me, but they wouldn't fly me to Canada from from uh, from uh, from Tampa. So they certainly, you know, the, the, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we're, we're out of match. damn luck with that. Yeah. We're out of luck with that. But no, um, I mean, honestly, that's just, it's not my, WWE is not my path anymore. I mean, obviously, you know, being here and, and WS is obviously my focus. So, so no to that, but I, the women's revolution is, is great, but I will say this, the only negative thing I'll say about it is I am on hundred percent agree with Gail Kim and awesome Kong and people like that, that they were the ones that really did an impact wrestling were the ones that gave girls the platform first that in terms of serious women's wrestling, I will say that that was way more of an impact thing. The knockouts division was the one to make them go, oh, we really should give this more of a chance. So I will say that that, that those girls deserve the credit. Girls like, you know, Gail and Kong and uh, Terrence Rell, their matches and stuff like that. That was when it all started, to be honest. That was when everyone felt it shift um, when they were doing those knockouts matches. The fact that WWE is now, you know, I mean, my gosh, they have some amazing women, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey and uh, Charlotte. I think they're all amazing. Um, 
and I'm so proud of them. That's the only thing that's that's negative that I would say is that I don't like when they're kind of like, oh, it's as if they came up with it out of nowhere. But the positive thing is, you know, you can't look at it like that. You have to look at it like it's positive for all females everywhere. And everyone's championing female wrestling. WOS, you know, we're having our our episode this Saturday, our second episode. Uh, everyone is all they're all talking about the girls matches. They're all wanting to see the girls. And we got flack because they were on the first the first episode. Everyone's like, well, listen, they're on it. WOS, for example, it shows you how much they want to keep women in the forefront because they're the only ones to ever do a female commentator pretty much ever to this extent ever. Uh, so that should tell you, number one, how much they appreciate and expect and want to push their female characters. Um, and now we've got them coming on the second episode. So, you know, everywhere has, has, has woken up and kind of gone, This these girls deserve to be here just as much, if not more so, than some of the guys. So I just think that it's it's really a great time in wrestling to be a female. I said that years ago, but I didn't know it would get this amazing. I'm I'm really impressed with how it's been going. You are correct, though, about, you know, about TNA. Uh, they... And I mentioned that in the question, you know, they were ahead of WWE, you know, under Dutch and, 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 and I think it was Dutch who was, who was very strong in, in pushing the girls back in, uh, the old knockout days. But, uh, but yeah, it was, they, uh, you know, they, Gail Kim and, and awesome Kong were main eventing, uh, you know, impact way before, uh, uh, WWE had even thought about it, but it is cool that everybody's sort of catching up and uh, getting on the same page. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about World of Sports. Uh, how how was it to be a, a commentator? You know, it's a totally different animal, as you now know. You know, to, it you is. Can, you can yeah. be a host and a ring announcer, and 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 you know, but but when there's there's that added pressure when you know it's just you and somebody else in a booth, and you have to get angles over, and you have to explain to the fans who the people they're watching are, especially because. Uh, it's a new promotion. So tell me about your experience with that. Yeah, it, it's it's totally, totally different. And it's it's more exciting and high octane than any sort of other presenting that I've done. So World of Sport was, you know, it was on TV here from 1965 to 1985. It was, you know, back in the day, it was guys like Big Daddy and Johnny sure. Haystacks and, and, you know, British Bulldog. And, and now it's cool because I keep telling everybody that, you know, the cool thing about it is there's something for everybody on the show. So we've got that nostalgic feel because we've got, um, you know, certain, and I can't give anything away, but there's certain things that we do and we talk about that are very, um, you know, in homage to, to the world of sport past. And then now, you know, we're referring it more to WS wrestling because it's, you know, sort of modernized version in a way. We've got the nostalgic factor with British Bulldog Jr. being on the show, Harry Smith, who's awesome. So, and he looks just like his dad. It just freaks everyone out. He's, <laughs> he's absolutely uncanny resemblance. So we've got him, but we've also got guys like Will Ospreay, um, who are, you know, Super, super over on the indies and just that high flying, um, death defying moves that he does. And then we've got the girls. We've got a lot of different things. We've got Grado, who's just comedic. And, and so he's the lovable underdog. It's a really great mix of all of these different things. And if you like, you know, the more old school grappling type matches, we've got that. If you like the high flying matches, ladder matches, we've got that for a lot of the young kids like that. We've got girls. We've got um, a lot, a lot of story driven matches, which is why I fell in in love with wrestling in the first place is not just the athletics, but why is this match happening and who's getting revenge on who? And that, you know, the, the, the storytelling on their faces, all of that is what suckered me. in when I was a kid and now we're seeing these tweets from people that say, Oh my gosh, my kid is now dressing up like a wrestler or he's just so entranced by Grado and wants to be like Grado. And, you know, he's really over with the kids and, you know, to have that marriage of all of those things come together and have it be, this really fully polished product because it is ITV. So ITV, just the way that 
they made it look visually is absolutely stunning. We've got this really cool camera over the ring, kind of a bird's eye view. We've got this camera in the turnbuckle. There's really cool different um, aspects they've kind of put into it to make it their own. And it's just been surreal. I mean, it's, it's been awesome. And then the response, I thought the feedback would be great, to be honest. I was there. I know the show was good. But I mean, the feedback has been nothing but amazing. Thank goodness. <laughs> How nervous were you when, you when you sat in that booth for the first time? Were you nervous at all? I was nervous um, leading up to it because it was kind of like, all right, I kept saying to my husband, I want to, I want to get the job and make sure that I've confirmed that I have the job. And, you know, I'm already starting to do more of my homework and trying, you know, all these different things out, whatever. And then when I knew I had a job, I'm like, okay, so now the deal is go there and hold your own with these guys and, you know, be that strong female character that you loved watching as a kid and channel your inner, you know, Tyra Banks or Oprah or RuPaul, people I look up to watching on TV and, you know, hold your own with these guys because it's a very male, you know, obviously it is still male dominated in terms of lots more guys than there are girls. And I, I feel like I, I did hold my own. I said, that's the one thing I took away from the show. As I said, I, I feel like I did a good job and I held my own and, you know, you're never going to look back on things you do and think they're perfect. I certainly never will. And I don't love hearing my own voice and seeing myself on anything. It kind of makes me cringe even to this day. But <laughs> I know that I, I helped my own with the guys and I went in there and did my best. And yeah, I mean, the nerves, the nerves were there, but not to the point where I was distracted. It was just kind of like, I just, I, this sounds really cheesy. I just felt honored to be there. I felt, wow, oh my God. I mean, sure. there are never any female commentators. They let, you know, they let Renee Young, who I love, by the way, they let her do it a few times. And I was so excited to hear that there was a female commentator years ago. And then she, they just, I don't know, they took it away from her, what happened, but I was kind of pissed off that they kind of didn't keep that going. And I thought, wow, well, this is now, I've been given the ball in terms of female commentators and I'm going to freaking run with it. And I think that's what I did. I hope. <laughs> so, so now I'm, you got me curious. Is there, uh, is there any way for us in the, uh, in the U S of a to see this uh, show? Is it online? I, I wish I could say yes. And, um, you know, every time we ask them, it's kind of like they're working on it. I don't think so yet. I mean, it's only the UK. So we're on uh. ITV here in the UK. We're on STV in Scotland. Um, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot, a lot of clips and stuff that you'll see. And I'm sure when the show is fully done or when there's more episodes out, people will, you know, film some clips to be shown on, on the Internet, which I hope they do. But as far as the whole show, I think it's just UK based for now. I know it's, I'm, it's a shame because I, I want all my friends back home to be able to watch it. Yeah, I'd love to watch it. Now, now you got me. Uh, you've piqued my curiosity. So, <laughs> hey, you've been great with your time, and I appreciate it because I know you're. it's way later where you are than it is where I am. But uh, uh, let's finish off talking about you mentioned that you were going to be at StarCast uh, at Fight TV. I know uh, Fight is hosting, uh, like, uh, I think 20 hours of, uh, of content yeah. there. And um, so I'm going to be there as well. Uh, looking forward to seeing you. Tell me. Uh, a little bit more about uh, the marriage between StarCast and Fight TV and what your role is going to be. Well, first of all, I can't wait to see you, too. We're going to have to get one epic selfie for sure. There Secondly, Fight has done a lot of um, really amazing things. I mean, with, you know, uh, Canelo fights in Vegas and and different things outside of wrestling. And then once we talking about the wrestling connection, the stuff they've done for ROH and, you know, all these big shows, Impact and Slammiversary, things like that. But for Fight, I think this is the biggest we've ever done. It's the most exciting thing. Like you said, it's over 20 hours. Um, I'll be there actually signing at StarCast for all four days, which I'm super excited about. I've only been to Chicago maybe once on a house show. So I want to explore the city a bit, and then we're going to be signing for those four days. But intermittently, I will be doing some hosting of you know some of the panels, interviews with as many superstars as I can see and find, and whoever will give me the time of day. And the cool thing about Fight is, which I've always loved more than anything, is that they're so interactive. So, you know, doing all the live shows and, you know, the 
the interactive things with tweets and things like that. They're so great with social media that even if you're not there, we're going to make sure that you feel like you are there in terms of coverage, in terms of exclusive behind the scenes sneak peeks. And that's where I come in to kind of make sure that, you know, you're, you're seeing all of that. So you feel like you're there. So I can't wait for it. I mean, I'm also always just excited to go back home and maybe find some good Mexican food and have more ice in my drink and things like that, <laughs> that I miss about home. That hey, throw some shade no, at British people. No, no, that that's the, my, that's my, one of my big, my huge <laughs> pet peeves about, uh, about going overseas is, uh, is I'm a big ice guy, you know, especially oh with a co- especially with a cocktail. Yes, for vodka and Sprite, and they put two pieces of ice in there. It's melted before uh, you could take a sip. So yeah, I can't even deal. And like in like the childlike glasses, I'm like, I'm used to like little saloons and and you know taco bars where it's like a, a damn you know two pint glass of and mostly ice and then a splash of soda. It's just it just cracks me up. But yeah, but I'm I'm excited to go home to America. I mean, there's so many people there that I want to see. You know how these are pens are when you go there. It's so great to meet the fans, but it's also like a reunion just for everybody to hang out. Like I said, there's a lot of girls at this one. I know Medusa's doing a podcast that hopefully I'll be involved in as well. So I, I just want to see all my friends and, you know, meet all the fans. And, you know, I, the fact that fight's going to be there means that I will be one busy girl. So you'll see me everywhere at this convention. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing a yeah. lot. Of, I'm doing a lot of stuff, too. Uh, but uh, it's funny because uh, to to. Back in TNA when I, when I was there, I don't know if you remember because you were always doing the, the interviews, but after the production meeting and after catering, usually Mike Tanay and I and Don West would sit around and different wrestlers would come in, Jim Cornette, Kevin Nash, but it'd always be like like four hours of nonstop laughing. And I always used to tell, yeah. Don, I always used to tell Don West because he'd hear Arn Anderson stories. And, 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 you know, I don't know if you know Arn, but until you – meet Arn Anderson and you sit down and you, and you see, you know, his sense of humor, you really can't appreciate it no matter how many stories are told. And I used to tell <laughs> Don West, God, if we could just sit down, me, you and Arn and Mike, unfortunately Mike's not going to be there. And I wish he was with a cocktail, man. We'll have, we'd have a blast. <laughs> so like a week ago that I see on Twitter, he, you know, he sells everything. He's going to be uh, Don West is going to be on uh, at, at, at uh, Starcast. And I'm like, wow, that's great. And then like uh, a week later, I'm like, I, I see Arn Anderson's going to be a Starcast. So my goal, oh my God, my goal for Starcast is to get into a bar in a corner and with Don West and Arn Anderson and have a couple drinks and tell some stories because I never thought I'd have the opportunity to make that happen. I I, I texted Conrad and I said, "Are you doing this this thing just for me? You got Terry Funk, you yeah. got you got Arn Anderson, <laughs> you got you you, you got uh, Don West. I mean, all these names that you got, they're all people like my favorite people in the world." So uh, cast yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, that, that should be a lot of fun. And if you've never been to Chicago before, be sure to take a check, uh, put aside some time to go around the city. I uh, went took my yeah. wa- took my wife there for our 20th wedding anniversary. And uh, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. And uh, so, yeah, uh, take some time. Uh, my last question to you. Uh, congratulations on your, I didn't realize you were actually married. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Does your husband serve a lot of ice in the drinks in his restaurant? Oh, he, he, he knows better than to do that now. He's, he's, he literally on 4th of July, this is, this is the kind of man I married. He literally made homemade guacamole (laughs) and homemade salsa because he knows I miss Mexican food. So he's a damn keeper. And I will tell you really quickly, I know you probably have to go, but I don't care if they announce, I mean, they've announced everybody and their mom on StarCast. It is the biggest, most star-studded convention ever. But you could tell me that, I don't know who would, it doesn't matter. Don West being announced. I was the same way. I was like, 
Hell yeah! I'm so excited to see Don West as well. <laughs> I love we've, him. We, we've had we've had Don West on the podcast, and he's just uh, he's just a blast. And uh, one yeah. of my one of my favorite people, and Arn's one of my favorite people. And there's so many of my favorite people going to be at this convention. I look at the lineup, and I'm like, I don't know that there's enough alcohol to enjoy it. Uh, right. But uh, we're gonna have to get a, a brown bag special with Don and take take a big selfie. <laughs> there I'm you go. For it. There you go. Can't look, be kidding me. Looking forward. <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you, and I appreciate your time. Uh, congratulations with not only being happily married uh, uh, to a chef, no less, but uh, uh, World of Sports and the success. I wish you much success there, and, and a pioneer. Uh, you continue to be a pioneer in the sport, and, uh, and I just thank you for your time. Like I said, I'm not kissing your ass. You've always been a very positive, very hardworking, very nice person, and uh Today's been no exception, so uh, much, much appreciated, and you deserve all the success you've had. Thank you. Absolutely ditto to you. I mean, we talk about a hardworking person and, and a sweetheart in the business. It comes right back at you, and and I have to say that, um, you know, the StarCast will, will be great, but, I mean, it's just, again, it's going to be a reunion, and I think we do need that selfie for sure, yeah. and I appreciate your time sure. as well because I know that, you know, you've got a lot of people to interview on the podcast. So the fact you made time for little old Val is very, very it's not little old Val. <laughs> hey, hey, and, and will you just be nicer? You're the one person in the business who doesn't think I'm an asshole. I, I love Penzer. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag team Penzer over here. Actually, you know, it's funny. I just saw Fit Finley the other day. We had some drinks with Fit and his wife. I don't know if you know Fit Finley, but uh, not uh, well. No. He's, he's probably the only name that they could add that would like uh, make it like uh, like uh, 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 Shangri-La, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you guys will have David. He has a son who wrestles now out of Japan, so maybe you guys will have David in World of Sports because uh, Fit used to wrestle the World of Sports way back in the day. Uh, the heyday. I would so, love that. Yeah, so. and, and that's what we love. We love when it's sort of that little bit of nostalgia coming in. You never know, Penzer. I mean, th- th- this is getting so big. Starcast on fight. Hashtag Starcast on fight. They might even introduce the cast of Hair. Start. You know, we don't know. <laughs> they might. We don't know, man. You know, no. we. Anything could happen. No, that ain't gonna happen. But maybe Ace Young will be there. We could ask him why maybe. the hell. We could ask him why the hell he was at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, who, who invited this guy? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's great. <laughs> All right, hey, a lot of fun as always, Val. We'll see you soon. And uh, like I said, best of luck, uh, continued success for you. Thank you. You too. I'll see you soon. Once again, want to thank SoCal Val, generous with their time, and looking forward to. Uh, to seeing her and so many others at StarCast coming up in just a few weeks uh, in Chicago. And uh, if you are not able to make it, you could, I think uh, Val mentioned the hashtag, but uh, you could check out Fight TV and uh, purchase the package to be able to see all of the shows, including the one that I'm hosting, the Death of WCW panel with R.D. Reynolds, who authored, co-authored the Death of WCW, Kevin Sullivan, J.J. Dillon, and Eric Bischoff, who is a recent guest on this podcast. And, and Eric and J.J. as well, as well uh, were all nice enough to stop by this past year. So uh, looking forward to that and looking forward to meeting, you know, saying old friends and, and meeting new ones, as they say. But thank you to Val and uh, continued success in everything that she does. So uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that uh, the picture of uh, me and Hoovy and me and Psychosis and me and Fit Finley having a good time. Actually, it was there was a cameo there by uh, Billy Kidman who stopped by, took his picture, said he was going to change and come down and have a beer. And uh, as Fit predicted, he never came back. So uh, at least he didn't big league me like Leparka did. He was nice enough to give me a hug and 
uh, take a picture with uh, with us. So uh, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you could go to at David Penzer, all one word, or at Penzer Ringside is the show site. And um, follow along. Sometimes my life is very boring. And then every once in a while, I uh, stumble into some fun stuff that I like to share on Twitter. So uh, I always am very interactive and enjoy messing around. So if you have a good sense of humor and you enjoy the wrestling business, uh, be sure to hit me up on Twitter. Uh, We thank you for listening. Uh, If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the podcast. If you're in a platform that you could leave any kind of uh, response uh, to to what you think of the show, we'd appreciate that as well. And uh, spread the word. Tell your friends and neighbors. City of Rigside, uh, going into year two, and we're really enjoying what we're doing. Hopefully you are as well. So until next time, Jerry Pizuk wants to get this trending, so let's help him out. My name is David Penzer, and I'm still City Ringside. Hashtag Big Leagued by La Parca. See you next time. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Would I like it all to be done? Would I like this to be the turnaround for Urban Meyer for being someone that maybe finally learned his lesson? He's humbled now. Maybe just fall on it and say, I, I, I've, it's been a humbling experience. I've made mistakes. I now realize as a father of two girls, loving wife, I dropped the ball. It's me. She should have gotten the help earlier, and she didn't because I tried to handle it a different way. I screwed it up. I was wrong. And if I pay for it with my career and my job, I deserve it. I love the chance to go forward to be an advocate not only for Ohio State, but for, you know, helping domestic violence. You know, put foundations together, do things financially, but do things speaking-wise to show that I'm more than a football coach. Would I like to see him revive his career or continue his career with that mission and motive? Yes, I would. I would. Selfishly as a football guy, I would. Selfishly as as I like Urban as a person, I would. Do I think he deserves that chance? I'm not sure that he does. In fact, I I am pretty sure that he doesn't. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com. 